Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, no Marcus, or Maxime today, but I am crazy. Fired up to announce that rejoining me, the former Golden State beat writer, sports director, and editor for SFBay.ca, where she covered all things Warriors for more than three years, the new Utah Jazz beat writer for the Deseret News, and a woman who has worked for GameStop in the past and may be able to give us a couple stock tips, Miss Sarah Tan. What's going on, Sarah? That was such a lovely intro. I'm so glad that my exploits as a 21-year-old are now coming to be to be very, very good for me in my professional career. Really, more than anything, I just wanted to show you that I occasionally stock your Twitter account too. So <laughs> to give you the full story, I'm just, you know, the way that anybody does. I'm like going through Twitter, just scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. See yours, and this is like what, you know, at least a few weeks ago, see your random tweet that you used to work at GameStop. And what you don't know, Sarah, is that I almost like texted you right then, some random, hey, I love the new games too. And then I felt kind of embarrassed about admitting that I was stalking you on Twitter. So I just kept it in pocket until all the way till today. So here we are. I fully assume that you and Marcus are constantly stalking me on Twitter anyways, so you wouldn't have embarrassed yourself. Awesome. No, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> As long as I am embarrassing myself, let me give you a couple of other admissions. Uh, first one, the reason it's just you and I is because I f***ed up shockingly. So this week, you and I talked about recording. I was all excited for it. We set it up for today. And then work just started dominating me. I reach out, tell everybody that we can't do it. We're going to have to push it off. And then at the last minute, I, I hit you up. You can do it. And Marcus and Maxime cannot. So it is my fault that they are not here. And they're probably pissy somewhere as we speak. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'd be pissy if they were here. So it's, it's just that they're here. not here. <laughs> you are on fire. Just taking shots left and right. Um, I, I'm going to give you another one. Now, this one I'm a little worried about. And it requires some explanation. And I'm going to give you an apology before. Beforehand, Sarah. I am sorry about this. I need you to know that before you even hear the story. So some, some background. And this is for uh, anyone who is listening. So as you guys know, we have- I feel like I'm already mad. Uh, no, I can. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. And that's not fair because I told you that I was sorry and you should be, I don't know, understanding. But at least let me get there and then you can tell me how you feel about it. Okay. So um, listeners know we've got Warriors Huddle swag. We've got shirts and all this other shit. And at least two or three months ago, I reached out to the guests who mean the most to us, you included, and asked if you wanted a shirt, got your address, and sent shirts out. So I sent you a shirt, and we now fast forward a week or so, and I get a text from Sarah saying, 
I got my shirt. Is this a child's small? And so I imagine we probably sent you the wrong shirt and putting it on is like peeling on, I don't know, like saran wrap or something. Now here's the embarrassing part. So I get that text. I text Sarah back immediately. Oh, I don't know what size we sent you. I'm not the person who picked out the shirts. Here's the admission, Sarah. I was the person who picked out the shirts <laughs> and I don't know why I lied to you. Like you hit me. I was so excited to give you that shirt. I got your text, started sweating immediately. And instead of just telling you the truth, I was like, no, it was Marcus and Maxime or somebody else. And I'm actually, I'm kind of happy that they aren't here today because it would have been even more awkward for me to tell you this. So it was me. I with the size. My apologies. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know, like, because I opened it and held it up. And I'm not like, I'm not like a huge person, but I'm also not like a tiny person. But I looked at it and was like, this isn't even an adult shirt. <laughs> like, this is, this wouldn't even fit like my most petite of friends. And I was like, Bram has seen me in person. <laughs> I don't know why this is in my hands right now. Well, did I did I tell you shirt? Because I meant dish towel. I just want to just <laughs> use that as a dish towel. Don't you worry about that. Or if you have a chihuahua, maybe I mean you can give it to a chihuahua. I know you're a dog person. Your call, but I don't know. We're like six weeks removed. I finally have this weight off my chest. It was me the whole time, Sarah. My apologies. There uh somewhere in Utah, someone is going to be wearing a Warriors Huddle shirt that they pick up at a thrift store because I gave it away. Oh, you bastard. Oh my God, that hurts my feelings so much. Well, if I ever make my way out to Utah and I see a midget wearing a shirt that fits in perfectly, I will know exactly where he got it from. Let's, uh, I got Warriors stuff for you. Um, in fact, I have a segment that is perfectly tailored for you. It is our We've Got Hate Mail segment that I only do with you. Um, but first, we're going to uh, go into a segment that is old for the audience, but is somewhat new for you. It's called Glass Half Full, and the idea is real easy. Uh, we generally look back at the last week of Warriors basketball and pick out something we liked or didn't like for you since you didn't know it was coming. And I would imagine you've probably been focused on Utah a little bit more than Golden State. Uh, mm -hmm. You can give me something from the whole season, anything you've noticed, liked or didn't like. And to give you some time, I'll go first. Let me start with the things I liked. Uh, first one is, is Pop's hair, Greg Popovich. So I know this isn't Warriors basketball related, but I haven't seen really Pop yet. And I just got the pleasure of watching him for two games. And I love his hair, man. It's like uh, the combination of like a Colombian drug lord and a Confederate general. And, and it's testament to Pop how much I respect and like him that he can have a hairstyle that reminds me of like leadership in the Confederate ar army. And I still really like it. So Pop's hair, I was on board for. Uh, but the main thing I really enjoyed was Steph's continued ascension. I, I have used every superlative I can, as you can imagine, Sarah, over the last month. I couldn't be more impressed. So for this time, I'm going to steal something uh, from a mutual friend of ours, from Rusty. We had Rusty on the show a few weeks back. It was right after Steph had that 62-point explosion against Portland. And what he said was that if you look back on Steph's big accomplishments, uh, the 50 points in the garden when he started shooting the daggers from beyond 45 feet, most of the time they're the beginning of a story, not the end of it. They, they show some big change or some big accomplishment that might be coming. I think he was right. When Steph put up that 62, you know, whatever it was, like a month back, it looked like he was announcing to everyone that he is a new level of superstar. And what we've seen over, you know, since then in that last week does nothing but underline that. So I, I won't go back through and tell you how magical it is watching him and all the, you know, all the happiness that this man brings me 
on a uh, weeknight by weeknight basis. But goddamn, if it isn't fun to watch. And I think uh, he may be turning over a new level of dominance. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was looking at it glass half full, the for the Warriors, I mean, Steph would be all of the contents that are filling up that half of the glass, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, ev- nothing's going right, and Steph has somehow still, like, made planted himself squarely in an MVP conversation for a team that's probably maybe at best is going to be like in the play in tournament at this point, if we're looking at, you know, how things are going and for a guy to be like on an eighth seed team and a previous MVP without most of his supporting cast, without the biggest member of his supporting cast and clay, like that's really impressive for him to be completely. I mean, you've guys beat the Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, like you've had good wins along with beating sort of the teams in the league too and so that's a lot to be happy about for the way that this season began give me the parameters for the mvp stuff so i i'm i hope that you stalk me on twitter but you haven't ever mentioned it so i'm gonna have to go ahead and assume that you have not (laughs) and one of the things you've missed by not following along is i am constantly throwing things out uh suggesting that steph should be mvp and i'll have you know sarah that has nothing to do with the hundred dollar bet that i placed on steph to win the mvp at uh 14 to 1 to begin the year and normally when i do that what i get back from haters is hey you know cool your jets they're one game over 500 they're they're you know gonna barely make the playoffs so let me ask you what are the parameters for something like that what where do they need to be in the standings you know like do they have to be above six can he be considered an MVP candidate at eight? You know, how, how do you view that analysis? Well, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I'm actually kind of writing a story about it. Um, because oh, my Twitter account? Um, I've been writing, I've been researching your Twitter account <laughs> for this great. story. It's weird that you haven't reached out to me directly, but I'm here. If you need anything, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because I'm, you know, I cover currently the best team in the league, and arguably the best player on that team is Donovan Mitchell. Humble brag. And I mean, I don't care if they do well. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I think that it's, it's an interesting conversation because I don't think that I can say outright like, Oh, Donovan Mitchell deserves to be in the MVP conversation because there's this, it's a little bit more about impact. And then there's also narrative to go along with it. Although Donovan Mitchell has a great narrative and I think you, if you look at a lot of the players that are playing what I would consider MVP caliber ball this season, you've got LeBron, Kawhi, uh, Jokic, Embiid, uh, and then Steph's also being talked about, and much farther down that line, Donovan Mitchell also. But I think that you know it, it's hard for me when I watch a game. And like, if you watch a game like LeBron, this well, like eight season in the league, and this guy is still dominating for you know forty eight minutes, yep. and you can feel it when you watch a game, and he's that dominant. And it's hard for me to get around a guy like Jokic when I watch a game with him, and it's like defensively he's just not there. 
You know, I feel like it has to be more well-rounded for the MVP conversation, which is why I wasn't totally on board when James Harden won or when Russell Westbrook won. Like, I I don't like the idea that someone can just win an MVP on an inflated triple-double, you know? Yeah, of course. And it, it, this is also the reason that I, I opt out of voting every year for huh. any awards or anything is... I'm a beat writer, and so I watch 82 games a year of one team. And while I definitely watch a lot of other games and I've got basketball on constantly, there's no way I'm expert enough across the whole league to have an opinion that's going to affect someone's salary bonus. Like, that just doesn't feel like it's okay for me to do. And I, in the case of Steph, I because I haven't watched a ton of Warriors games, it would be hard for me not to look at the standings and take that into account and think, are we really going to give an MVP to a guy who can't get his team above 500? That is a remarkably intellectually honest way to handle it. I think we both know that if I had a vote, I might vote for me. I mean, like, there's a chance. I don't, is there a write-in? Like, can you just put in anyone you want? In fact, if there is a write-in and you don't want to affect someone's bonus, put me in. I, I feel like yeah. we can make national news and it definitely won't affect um, my bonus. Let me ask it this way. And I heard you and you don't like voting and you feel like um, you haven't had an opportunity to watch enough of the other teams to make a meaningful vote. But with that in mind, if you had to, gun to your head, right now, you had to crown the MVP based on what you've watched, who would you give it to? LeBron. Wrong answer. God damn it, Sarah. I, okay. okay. <laughs> I'll ask you that again. I'll ask you that again. Gun to my head, Steph. No. Yeah, okay. There you go. There you go. And, and, and if you could somehow add, well, now that I've been reading all of your Twitter account, I think it is Steph. That would be perfect. Let's. Uh... <laughs> no, my explanation would be. Well, Bram's holding the gun, so. <laughs> <laughs> MVP. MVP is holding the gun. <laughs> Let's move to the side of the ball. I don't necessarily talking about the thing we didn't like. For me, it's an easy one. And it was a random one. Uh, at the end of the first game against San Antonio, a loss, Draymond gets the ball with uh, five seconds left and fires up what looked to be about a 65-foot three-pointer for zero reason at all that hits against the side of the backboard and doesn't go in. And the Warriors ultimately lose that game. And he explained that he thought that they were going to foul him and he was trying to draw it. And the bottom line is Draymond has done nothing but make incredible basketball IQ decisions throughout his career. So if he wants to shit the bed once or twice, it's not on me to be able to say anything. He has earned the right to do so. But if I'm pointing out something I didn't like, I didn't like that that much, Sarah. It was, uh, it was concerning and random and sticks out a little bit. Why, why was it, I want to know more about your feelings on this. Like, what was it that stuck out and made you feel that way? It's like watching Usain Bolt run slowly or like Michael Phelps yeah. not be able to swim. You know, like if that ball goes to, to, a, to a rookie or to somebody who doesn't know that well and they make a decision on the fly and it's the wrong one, fine. But I have spent all of Draymond's career being shocked at how he always makes the right decision. It's his superpower. You know, I mean, like, that's what he can do. He's not necessarily out athleticizing anybody. He's not an particularly great shooter, but he always makes the right call. And so for our always make the right call guy to make the wrong call, it concerned me. It did. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a few things to think about that because 
Draymond's such an interesting character. I feel like he had such a chip on his shoulder his first few years in the league, like as the war right before they were becoming good, you know? Yep. And that was very clear. And like he talked a lot of shit and was loud and, you know, probably thought he was better than he was at that point. And it that was clear to like the people who covered the team and were around the team all the time. And then once the Warriors dynasty took over the league, everyone was like, Oh, Draymond's this crazy guy and he's real mouthy. And it's like, well, that hasn't changed. Like that's not shocking to anyone. Probably like national audience. And now we've gotten to a point where they were so high and now they've dropped down to a low that I don't think that they were expecting to drop down to so quickly. And I feel like that's really got to affect Draymond because he, he was riding on this like slow, steady hill upward. And then he's had a real steep drop off and not for like him and his personal game. Like it's good. But I feel like there's gotta be a part of him that, you know, doesn't like coaching James Wiseman through losses against bad teams. Well, especially this year, right? I mean, you know, last year he probably can make the switch in his mind. The second Steph gets hurt, you know, this isn't the year. It just is. But part of that has got to be okay. But next year is, you know, and you work really hard during the off season, you get all fired up for it. And to find himself doing this again, not like they were last year, but you know, fighting uphill. I think you're right. That's that. And that's a really interesting read. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I feel like I'm kind of like that sometimes, like I can be, you know, really cocky and arrogant at times. And if I, if I get, you know, sucker punched and realize that I deserved it in whatever metaphorical way I'm trying to make that sound right now, <laughs> like it, it really brings me down a notch. I, and... I, I can't associate with that at all, Sarah. I'm, <laughs> I'm always really emotionally healthy and I, I hit right in the center. For example, I wouldn't be hurt at all if I gave somebody a free shirt and they gave that f-ing free shirt away, <laughs> you know, to, to some thrift shop. That wouldn't, I, I would have immediately forgotten about it and moved on. So yeah, I can't associate. That's just not something I understand. Uh, you're so good at moving on from things. That's what I, <laughs> I am. I know anything about Bram. It's uh, that guy really knows how to not take things too seriously. He just moves on. That's exactly right. And he doesn't hate NBA players' faces either. He, he never gets caught up in anything like that. This is uh, this is really useful stuff, Sarah. We've got another new segment uh, that we call Warriors Oracle. And it makes it sound way more fancy than it is. Really what it is here is a mailbag. And the only thing that sets it apart, even slightly from every mailbag that's been done in its existence, is that we encourage personal questions. So every now and again, we'll get a random personal question, and I'm sure that will happen. In this one, uh, an apology to the audience. Most of the time, I announce who the question is from. This time, because I didn't even think we were going to record today, I just copied the questions, but I didn't include the questioner. So my apologies. We'll give you a shout out next week. But here is our first. So there have been a number of changes to the way the road games work in the NBA. And one of them is that we are now getting baseball style road trips where we play the same team a couple of games in a row. This listener wants to know, do we like that new style? What do you think? Um, it depends on, I mean, if we're talking about me and you, do we like it? I'm sure that we do. I, I love it. And I like the idea of who else would we be talking about? Like some random other people? That no, no, I mean, like, I'm pretty like, sure it's fucking us. 
if it's like do we like this like quotes like who's we if like is it the players is it the league is it us you know i'm gonna say us let's say it is sarah and bram (laughs) i love it because what you're doing is you're inserting some of the playoff aspects into the regular season you know where you get a team that plays each other two nights later they're gonna play each other again they're probably pissed off about some of the stuff that happened at first game so they're coming in trying to get a bit a little bit of revenge it gives the coaches a chance to sort of game plan more and play a little bit more of a chess match than they would if they were just playing a one-off during the regular season. So there's a lot of things. The things that we really like about playoff basketball, other than the stakes, are here in the regular season. That's exciting for everyone watching, I think. I completely agree. Um, I wish there was a third game. Uh, yeah. The, one of the things that makes basketball my favorite sport is like the soap opera aspects to it. The stuff that gets added on uh, to the athleticism. And I don't know if it's because we can see their faces so much more clearly than we can in football, or we've developed relationships with them because of the way the NBA actually concentrates on personalities. But for whatever reason, those soap opera things just stick out so much more in hoop. And one of them is when players dislike each other. You know, it just makes things so much more entertaining. And if you make a team play another team more than once in a row, specifically three times, if we could get there, you start seeing that animosity build. You start seeing those storylines kind of come together. And I love that. Um, I absolutely uh, love it. Let me me ask. Okay, so let's change it. He's not asking about us anymore. When he says, uh, do we like it? Now he's talking about the players. What do you think? They, I'm, I don't think they do at all. I've heard from a couple of players already. Huh. They don't like it. Um, and a couple of things there because you're working through the regular season to get to the playoffs. Like you're trying to figure out your own stuff. You guys are trying to get better at what you do. You're, you know, refining your defensive schemes and all of your ATOs and all these little things that once you get to the playoffs, that's what you, you can focus on one team. And so then when you come in and you're like, and the reason the playoffs are so difficult is not, I think one of the hugest reasons that it's so difficult is you have to beat the same team multiple times. Um, that was me. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. There's only two of us, Sarah. So I, and I knew it wasn't me. You know, <laughs> it was you. I was able to deduct that on my own. Yeah. So you have to beat the same team multiple times, which is so much harder than just beating one team on a one-off during the regular season. And the players don't like that. They don't want to have to do that hard thing while they're trying to get better. They, it's much You beat a team one. Let's say you win the first game and you turn around. Now that other, your opponent is coming in, it's going to be a lot harder to beat them that second time because they're sure. going to be pissed off. And which is what happened with San Antonio, right? You lost the first game and then you come back and win the next one. Yes, no, that's that's absolutely right, and, and it gives the coaches a chance to make some adjustments and those kind of things. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, from the le- I, I can say this like without a doubt, we're getting it during the COVID year and during the shortened season. This is not going to be something we see in the future in the NBA, if for no other reason than you would lose revenue if you try to do it this way. Because, I mean, anybody that's a fan of baseball that's gone to a game during the regular season or even watched it, you get those three, four game series. Yeah. That, that's not a packed house. Yeah. People will pick and choose which game they're going to go to. That makes sense. And, the, the season ticket holders, right? I mean, like the people who are, who are scalping random games, you might be able to get them to go to both jazz games. But right. if someone who has those tickets on a game by game basis, if they went Tuesday night, 
the chances of them going back Thursday and spending money on food and beer and all that crap on the same team are pretty small. Or especially if it's like a Saturday and a Monday, yep. no one's going to that Monday game. I like my example better, just so you know. But yes, okay. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I think and also there's, you know, there would be arguments from probably owners about the idea of competitive advantage because if you play, like even if it's just a team that you play three times during the regular season, twice at one location, one at the other, you could argue, oh, we're going to play them twice here anyways. Why don't we just do it back to back? But the idea that it, the second game is harder plays into that competitive advantage. Yeah, sure. And I just don't think it's going to happen ever. Sure. Uh, let me give you a personal one. So this is kind of a longer question, uh, and it starts out with a story. On Saturday at about 10 a.m., I texted a good friend and asked if they were available to hang out. Between then and 6 p.m., I got zero texts back, but that friend hopped on Twitter and constantly tweeted throughout the day. My question to you is, is it okay to use social media before texting somebody back? Sarah, this one speaks to me. Because I f*** this up all the yeah. time. Um, you know, like I'll, I'll get texts from friends and then I feel like I have some weirdo responsibility to tweet during Warriors games or to tweet about basketball if something happens. Like you want to, I don't know, like get more followers or engage them. It, it's, it's a weird thing. So I do it frequently. I absolutely tweet without texting back. And I've never acknowledged it. You know, like I don't ever bring it up. Is that an asshole thing to do? What's the ruling here? I, I mean, I think that for people that maybe are outside of the sports world or a world where like tweeting or posting through something is a part of that activity. Like, you know, I tell people all the time that, cause this has happened to me so many times where I'll post on social media and not text people back. I mean, this happens to me daily. So I very much understand this. And the, I try to explain to people that you say that Sarah, like I don't both tweet or I don't <laughs> both follow your Twitter account and text you all the time. So I mean, this, this might be for me. You <laughs> the person who's involved in that story. I mean, I think it's a totally different thing. It's like, if you, if your friend, if you text them on a Saturday and they're not texting you back and you're like, I'm trying to meet up with you later. And they're just tweeting about like what, the f they ate or like what they're oh i saw a pretty cloud today like if it's just random stuff like that then like yeah be mad at that person that person's a dick but if if you're texting me and i'm tweeting about a basketball game or i'm like in interacting with like my followers you don't know i could be writing while i'm doing that and that's multitasking that i've under like cultivated mastery at but Texting a friend back during that writing, tweeting, watching a game situation, I have not mastered that. And so you can't be mad at me about it. I love that. I, I'm going to pretend like I just said that. I might have Maxine dub my voice just saying exactly what you just said. And for those of you who are pissed that I haven't texted you back, that's my response to you. I have <laughs> mastered the art or however the hell you, you phrase that, which was very nicely played. Sarah, you're the perfect person to answer this question if the Warriors end up with the eighth seed should they hope to play the Lakers or the Jazz well let me rephrase it what team would the Warriors have a better shot at beating in a seven game series in the first round of the playoffs oh that is an actual tough question because 
I, I don't think that they actually have a shot to beat either of them in a seven game series. So I don't think that's where I'm going with this. It's how do you want to get beat? Because the, the Lakers played like their style of basketball, which is actually like pretty pick and roll heavy. And then LeBron dominated, you know, uh, and the, jazz this season have actually been compared by many people including steve kerr himself to that dynasty era warriors teams and do you want to get you know swept in the first round by a team that's using your style of basketball but they beat you with space and pace or do you want to get beat like by lebron neither i I don't like either of those options is there a third can we get one those are your options where the Jazz are somehow afraid of Steph's pedigree and championship culture takes <laughs> over and they fold. Is there, is there some like third option like that? No, I think you have to choose who beats you and how they beat you. Ugh, is this one of those gun to the head scenarios? I refuse. I refuse to answer that. Uh, instead, I'll, I'll answer your question with my own question. How good is Utah? Legit ones? I mean, do you, let's fast forward to the end of the season. Do you expect them to be in a one seed? I mean, it's really weird. I've been having the same feelings that I had uh, during that 2015 season where as it was happening um, and I was covering the Warriors, it was, and I remember those days so well because as they were winning a bunch of games and as they were starting to, you know, turn into this well-oiled machine, all of the people who covered the team on a daily basis we still were critical of them it was like they've got turnover problems they don't get up for the you know the bad teams and they only turn on for national television games and even when they would go on winning streaks you know and it was like we didn't realize it at the time how good they were becoming and so I've I've noticed myself doing that a little bit with the jazz where I'm critical of little things here and there Meanwhile, they're 20 and five, you know, and so I have to be cognizant of the fact that like, is this an actual good team that I'm doubting just because I haven't seen them succeed yet? Because I think that's what happened with the Warriors is, you know, you don't know they're good until they're good. I'm ready to answer your question. I will take the jazz beating this. If, If this is an up and coming, perhaps young dynastic team that is forming and I either have to watch my lifelong rival railroad us or lose to that young dynastic team i'll take the jazz loss yeah and i think that i think that's a really good story because i think it's really possible that the jazz are actually this good i don't know what to say about that i have such a so i have a storied conflict and long conflict with laker fan i just basically alluded to that but i also have a less public but probably just as white hot hatred for jazz fans um, I mean, they, they've had some ugly moments in the past, so I'm not real excited to watch a loss to that team either. But shit, if I got to pick one, I guess it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No comment. You'll notice I didn't ask you any questions about Jazz fan. Instead, instant impression. So uh, Juan Toscano Anderson is on the Warriors. What's a better nickname? Juan T or JTA? Because JTA, we keep hearing on the telecast. Fitzgerald keeps uh, keeps dropping it, which is one of many things that drives me crazy about Fitz. And then Juan T, we got from Draymond randomly in a, uh, a press conference reference. So I'm kind of on the Juan T side. But what do you think? You're, you're a nickname person. Which one do you like better? Well, I don't think either of those are nicknames. <laughs> yes, they are. 
what are you talking what's it it's a it's something that they call them is like an abbreviation for their name it's definitely a nickname no that that's just an that's just his name like oh these are his initials or one t is just his name that is a nick okay i take back that you're a nickname person because you obviously know nothing about i am a nickname person splash (laughs) brothers those are nicknames it's 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 another example of a nickname just pick which one you like we're getting lost the guy's name is Stephen curry steph's not a nickname is that what you're claiming now i mean maybe i'll throw that in there and you can pick between the three for now which of these two what, what would you like to call them acronyms shortened names what works for you I would go with Juan T because that's what that's what his uh, his teammates call him. <laughs> Here's my last real Warriors question, um, and I don't know if you have been keeping abreast of this from afar, but Warriors Twitter is a very confusing, occasionally angry place. And one of the things they are really angry about, at least after losses, is Kerr's rotations in the fourth quarter. More specifically, the fact that he is sitting Steph and limiting him to less than six minutes a game. And people are just going crazy about it. So the question is, should Warrior fans be pissed off about Kerr's Steph rotations in the fourth quarter or just simply trust the man? And uh, let me give you a little bit of background and a response, and then I'd love to hear what you say. So I want to say right from the jump, just trust him. I've said that over and over again, what he's done for this team, for this franchise, for this area. He knows more about hoop than we will ever know, and this is what he's decided to do with Steph. Trust him. But then I saw a stat hop up on social media, and I don't know if it concerned me, right? But it's at least worth saying. So here are the minutes of uh, the – or how many minutes each player gets in the fourth quarter. Wanamaker, 8.4. Wiggins, 7.6. Damian Lee, 7.3. Oubre, 6.7. Juan T, 6.3. Pascal, 6.3. Poole, 6.1. Draymond, 6.1. Wiseman, 5.9. Bazemore, 5.5. And last, Steph Curry at 5.4. So I, I don't know if this changes anything. I mean, I still trust him, but... The fact that he is playing the least amount of minutes in the fourth quarter and that a lot of our frustrating losses have happened with comebacks occurring in the fourth quarter at least has my attention, right? And so I I think my response is I like the idea of limiting Steph's minutes. They're not winning a championship this year under any circumstance. And so if we all understand that all of these players have a limited minute odometer, right, they're all going to play some – some unspecified number of minutes over their career, limiting some of those minutes this year does make sense to me. But maybe we can change the allocation. You know, can, can we limit some of his minutes in the second quarter as opposed to the fourth? Maybe some kind of look at that. Uh, but without having watched him stare, just as a, a straightforward proposition, should has Kerr earned the right to just be trusted on whatever decision he'd like to make, including fourth quarter rotation? The simple answer to that is absolutely. Like, I mean, how many championships do you guys have because of this guy? Yes, right. You know? So, yes. yes. Um, the longer answer, I would have follow-up questions. Because, you know, if you're talking about he's averaging that many minutes in the fourth quarter, I'd like to know, okay, then that means that there have been blowouts where he probably didn't play even sure. close to that. And then there were probably closer games that he played a little bit more than that. Um, and so I'd want to know like how the actual breakdown came and, you know, in close games. 
Um, and then also I, when the jazz played the warriors earlier this season, one of the things that Kerr said in his pregame uh, interview, uh, someone had asked him about um, using some of the deeper bench guys and getting them minutes in games. And he said something that I found very interesting as he said, you know, my philosophy as a coach is not to let guys basically, you know, sit on the bench too long because not only does it demoralize them and lowers their confidence, but like, I know what that's like to just sit on the bench and not get any time on the court. And he's like, and I don't want to do that. And I think that that would be a lot different and maybe a little bit different if you guys were, you know, on track to win another title, but like, what do you guys, what do you want this guy to do? Like not try to develop this team for the future and then burn out Steph Curry in a season where you're, you're not going to win. It's not going to happen this year. So like, is that what you want? Yeah. That's a great take. And if the one thing that nobody talks about is his ability to manage personalities, right? Yeah. I mean, that, 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 like that thing has been established. We know what he can do as far as establishing a culture. And if we accept that he's trying to develop this team, which he has said, and we accept that he is a, a masterful at negotiating personalities and doing what's right to make sure that everybody feels included, then we have to accept that he's making the right decision with these guys. I hadn't even looked at it from that angle. I think that's a very smart thought. Yeah. And because, I mean, he know it's not like the players or Steve are delusional about where they sit in the NBA this season. I don't think that any of them think, oh, we're going to come back in the second half of the season. It's, you know, it's ours to lose. No one's thinking that they know what they know what the situation is. They know what cards they have. And so if he's saying, you know what, win or lose, I'm not going to burn stuff out, but I'm going to use these moments as teaching moments. And we might lose a few games because of how I'm doing these rotations, but we weren't going to win anything anyways this year. You hear that Warriors Twitter? And I've used this so many times. Relax, everybody, <laughs> relax. He is doing fine. Sarah, main event, the main <laughs> I wanted to talk to you. So we've got a segment we have not done for a while. It is called You've Got Hate Mail. And the idea is about as simple and easy as all the rest of our segments. We get a ton of feedback from you guys. And a lot of it is really kind. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. And if I wanted to bore you guys, maybe we would read some of those. But I've always found other people's compliments to annoy me. So I'm not going to do that to you. Unfortunately, we all, or maybe fortunately, we also get enough hate mail. And for this segment, we read the in particularly nasty hate mail. And then we answer three questions about it. One, guess the age of the person who wrote it. Two, guess the profession of the person who wrote it. And finally, three grade the hate mail here is one i got recently sarah quote um and i let me actually set this up better we release our episodes on all podcast uh stations every month stitcher and itunes and all that but we also put it on, on various sites and one of the sites i will put it on occasionally we don't do it every time is reddit and the reason i don't always put it up on reddit is Reddit's message board is, from what I can tell, the nastiest place on earth. And I'm hella sensitive, Sarah. I've made that really clear. And so I don't always put it up there because occasionally we will get nasty takes. On this one, this a uh, few weeks back, we had draft guru Christian Peak on. She did a phenomenal job. I liked it so much. 
I put it right up on uh, on Reddit. And within the first five minutes, I got this feedback. Quote, nine minutes of annoying drivel for every one minute of useful content. This podcast is a perfect example of why I prefer, in all caps, reading to these talentless hacks who think we all love the sound of their voices and their grade school humor. Joe Bob says, all caps, don't check it out. Edit. Obviously, he doesn't understand how the lottery works. Minnesota dropping to four is, all caps, worse for us than them finishing dead last. So that was the take. Sarah, let's start with the age. Um, I'll go with the first guess on this. It was confusing for me. Uh, the use of trifle which you don't hear that often. Dude. Like, I don't know if I've ever used the phrase dribble in a sentence. Suggest to me someone kind of older, you know, like over 65. But then the third person or person reference, he says, Joe Bob says, don't check it out. Not only a third person reference, but a, a seemingly made up name in Joe Bob. That's someone who has like a three in front of their age. So I'm, I'm all over the place on this. I'm going to put him at older though. I'm going to say Joe Bob is at about 65. Where are you at on this? And and just instant impressions. How are you feeling about this piece of hate mail so far? You know, usually I, uh, on these hate mail segments, I'm usually pretty happy with the mail. <laughs> like, <laughs> they make me laugh, you know? And this one didn't make me laugh at all. And it might be because uh, I completely agree with you that Reddit is a cesspool for comments and I've had a, a bit of trouble with Redditors myself <laughs> in the past so I've got a little bit of a bias I mean people send me hate mail in all ways every <laughs> single day I mean I get DMs on Instagram Twitter I get emails I literally get actual mail and from people just want to tell me how much I suck and the comments that hurt the worst and are the most disturbing are always on reddit so that's that's that little piece um so you know i don't like when you said normally i laugh i didn't on this one because i agree i thought you were gonna say i agree with what they said and i was like oh my god it's like oh my god i think she wrote it like this she's joe bob like unbelievable uh I I hate Joe Bob right now. I'm not happy nice. with Joe Bob. Joe Bob can go kick rocks, okay? And the fact that I'm saying kick rocks, which I know is a very old saying, and the fact that this person is on Reddit, I don't think that they're old at all. I'm putting this person at 28. And I think that there's some sort of um, hipster who thinks that it's cool to use words like dribble. Uh, the hipster thing. Because I was just about to give you crap. There's no way a 28-year-old would use the word. And then before I could even say it, you dropped hipster. So no, yeah. that's that's a pretty that's a pretty solid take. All right, all right. I'll uh, I think you may have won this round. Let's go to profession. So I, I'm, unfortunately, I'm kind of locked in at this 65-year-old guy, and it's really because apparently he broke down on like an analytical level what happened every 10 minutes. You know, I mean, like he must have like nine minutes in, he's like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Oh, here we go. One minute of useful content. So I'm thinking he's like a forensic accountant or something like that. I'm, or like You're giving this guy so much credit, Bram. Like this is an old, like wizened, seasoned veteran of the world. It's like, this is a, this is a loser on Reddit who is mad. <laughs> 
say they were seasoned or wise. I just said they could be shit at their job. It's just the accounting thing. That, okay, I mean, you don't need to dominate me on every round of this. What do you I just don't like does? this guy. I'm mad at this guy. <laughs> I like it. Well, you know I could use that, that support. Give me his profession. What do you think he does? Nothing? Uh, he's, a bar- he's a bartender, and he might be a very good bartender, but uh, he's had it rough lately because COVID has, you know, shut down the hospitality and gig economy in a way that has not been great for people. And I'm sorry for that. I feel bad for Joe Bob, but that's no reason to take it out on podcasters. That's real deal. And he's lost his like forced audience where he could drop pseudo ironic phrases like dribble for no reason. And they're like forced to laugh because all they want to do is get a drink and he's taking forever. to. Oh, sorry. He's not a bartender. He's a mixologist. (laughs) (laughs) Great. it. What do you put this at? Um, this one did, I mean, it's, I, I have given A's to hate mail before. Um, yeah. It requires me to like call my mom and like talk things out with her. Uh, but, Ugh, I love those. Yeah, this one didn't, it didn't damage me in the way past one have. And so because of that, it's a low grade. And like C, C minus, there was effort. You could tell he was angry, um, but the consistency and the quality just wasn't there. I'm, I'm going C minus. I give this guy a straight F because there's when you're commenting on something, whether, I mean, on any sort of internet platform, whether it's Twitter or Reddit or YouTube comments, whatever the comments that come across and make the commenter look like an idiot are the ones where you can tell they're actually mad. And that's not, that's not like a good look. No one wants to look like the angry internet person. You have to be like, funny make callbacks to other episodes give criticism that's going to make you go talk to your mom that's that kind of stuff is worthy of a higher grade this guy was just angry and on the internet f yeah you're right um and i will share although i hadn't planned on it and i think this has more to do with exactly what you just said than us but this guy got buried he 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 talked that and then a bunch of people hopped to our defense, or not to our defense, a bunch of people basically commented on what you just said. You're hell of angry. You need to relax. What's going yeah. on? Um, so I think you were right. Let's end this with a small piece of advice to uh, Mr. Joe Bob. Advice number one, go f*** yourself. Advice number two, <laughs> you seemingly hate me, which is fine, but why the hell did you pick out a podcast where I am the principal personality? There's a ton of podcasts that don't feature one second of my personality, let alone nine minutes of my dribble. So, f- man, reassess your life. Uh, there are a number of other shows. Perhaps you can check those out. Yeah, make your own podcast if you're not if you're so angry. And P.S. No one's going to listen to you, Joe Bob. So don't do that. <laughs> Sarah, you are awesome. You are wait. Old. Hold on, I've got a surprise for you. Oh, let's go. So you told me we're going to do hate mail. And I was like, why don't I bring my own and have Graham assess? So it's going to be very quick because if I went too in depth in this, it would be ridiculous. There's a guy who emails me. I say guy. I, uh, I'm pretty sure he signs his name. Yeah, it's a guy. Um, this guy emails me probably once a month, maybe a little bit more often than that. And the reason that he emails me is to basically tell me that I have bad grammar and that I he can't believe that I'm a writer and his reasoning for that is and the times that he emails me is when I use the phrase whether or not in an article 
And so every time I use that phrase, he emails me and he says, you don't have to say whether or not that's redundant. You just say whether. Is that his entire email? That, that's just it. Like he's like, he's like every month? the first time it was like a long explanation on why it was redundant and that I don't have to do it. And then one, one time he emailed me when I just had weather, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, oh, look, you did it. Good job. You're learning. No. Yeah. And so <laughs> every time I do it, he emails me and I, it, I am so infuriated by it and I've never responded. But every time I get that email, I just like pace around my apartment. And I'm like, who the f- does this guy think he is? <laughs> Do you think of him when you write the phrase, whether or not in an article, does his name immediately or his email immediately pop in the back of your mind? A hundred percent. I'll write it and I'll be like, well, there's another email I'm getting. <laughs> Have you occasionally written weather and then go, nope, I'm going to make this whether or not just to spite that bastard? A hundred percent I have. <laughs> Do you know how important you have to be to someone's life for them to not only read everything that you're putting out there, because he very clearly is, but for them to give you feedback on a monthly basis? I mean, you should be flattered, man. Like that, of all the people who reach out to tell us they hate us, it's only once. It's not on a monthly basis. So I, that is really impressive. I, I mean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I get a lot of stuff where it would probably be like, yeah, you have to be important to be have people, you know, send you these things. And every time I think how unimportant is their life that they're sending me these things. <laughs> well, so you have it back uh, and forth with this guy recommend him to our show maybe you can listen to it with uh, joe bob and we'll just call it the weather or not huddle uh and I, I will use that phrase as many times as i possibly can so i'm i actually know the profession of this guy because he, he he puts it in his signature <laughs> i'm not gonna say that because i don't i don't want to narrow down the world so that this guy can be found you know it's not like um, an english teacher or something it's not something specific with grammar no it is not um but I do want you to just grade it and tell me whether or not it's good hate mail. No, Jesus. It's one sentence at this stage. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's, it's just like random informational mail. It's not even <laughs> like hate mail. This is like your kickback on the nickname stuff. I won't even classify this in the hate mail category. It's just a random waste of time that this person is choosing to do on a monthly fucking basis. Yeah. I hate him so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, look, I'm on board hating him too. I, I, you tell me to hate somebody, I will. Anyways, the, the consistency that this person is trying to bother you, hate is absolutely justified. Absolutely. Good. All right. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> and I like this. I mean, please bring more hate. If, if you have a ton, like a treasure trove of hate mail, feel free to, uh, to come and share it with us. We have a whole segment based, basically for this. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's going to be our thing now. Every time I come on, I'll bring hate mail too because I get enough of it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I was going to say you are awesome. And I know I'm not alone in thinking that. For people who need more Sarah Todd in their life, where do they go? You can find me on all the social medias at NBA Sarah, or you can read my stuff about the jazz and the NBA at Deseret.com. Boom. We can be found on Reddit alone, where we welcome as much shit talking as possible. Oh, just aside, we're on Twitter at Warriors Huddle. If you have a question for us for the Warriors Huddle, shoot it to our Gmail account, warriorshuddle at gmail.com. With that in mind, go Warriors. And hopefully, see you next week.
Good, good.